Welcome to the Marvin Pierce Dog Teacher Podcast, where we discuss various dog training topics to help you become the best leader for your dog. Marvin Pierce has over 20 years of experience with obedience training for dogs located in the Sherwood, Oregon area. Offering private lessons and group clinics, the dog teacher has been able to change the lives of dog owners by helping them develop and maintain an obedient dog. For more information, contact us at MarvinPierceDogTeacher.com. Oh. The amount of crap I have to put up. Did you imagine the traction we could get? People would be here every time before it starts yeah. just to see if we're going to start. They'd probably be checking to see if I was okay. Yeah. yeah. They'd probably see if I'm mean to you and Brett's mean yeah, to you. Yeah, they're like, man, I feel so bad for Bianca. Yeah. She's put up with Brett and Marvin. <laughs> That's funny. So uh, I think we should have a good subject today. I think our subject should be... And this will probably stir up a lot of, uh, well, maybe not, because a lot of dog trainers don't follow us, I don't think. But if a lot of dog trainers followed us, this would t- stir up a lot of uh, turmoil, or whatever you want to call it, about why dogs are so leash aggressive. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, and I, we see it here a lot, and we see it in town, too, when we take dogs to town, so oh, it's yeah. really leash aggressive. Yeah. If you can figure out how to get your leash loose, it takes away a lot of the aggression. For sure. Yeah. And I think we have a lot of videos maybe on the internet shows you kind of how to do that. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a lot of different ways. And me and you and, uh, well, Mariah was there and um, I think Mickey was there. Maybe Katie the other day when I was working with the one dog showing you how to get the leash loose, you know. Uh, Mac. Yes. Yeah. Because, and he, I don't think he's leash aggressive. He just, well, he, he might down. be for the owners. Yeah. He, he's, he's obnoxious on the yeah. leash. He'll just yeah. pull you down. He yeah. has no kind of rules at all yeah. on the leash. He didn't have, now he's pretty cool. <clears throat> but with that dog, and I'm not saying all dogs, so don't nobody misunderstand me. But with that dog, I could have probably went to town with him the day we had him and walked him. Mm-hmm. And he would have probably been pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But the only reason he would have been pretty cool is because I would not have tried to restrain him by my leg. I would let him walk out there, and I would have turned him, and I'd have used a pinch collar or prone right. collars or whatever he called. You call it getting the dog hooked <clears throat> up with you. Yeah, just yeah. to get him to <clears throat> to back off the end of that collar or the end of that leash. And I think that's what people don't do. And, and me and you were talking about it with, uh, I don't even think it was him. It was another, that Weimariner. Is that right, dog? That wouldn't give up on the leash and heel? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just stuff like that. And like you, you're really good about changing it up, you know? And me too, but once in a while, I even get kind of frustrated in the moment, like I tried to do with Mac. Until I'm like, no, I can't do this. I got to go back to the way I did it before. And that's the thing. When it's not working. Yeah, and that's the thing with you. And I think that's the thing a lot of times people don't understand. It's not a cut and dry, this is the way I do it. Right. You know, the, the way we always have to do it, I feel, for us, anyway, that works for us, is to figure out what it takes to get the leash loose. And with Mac, I even took him out here in this 60 or 80 foot lane we have that's really narrow and worked with him while y'all were in the round pen for a few minutes just to try to get him back off the end of that collar, the leash, because he just. And it was a lot for him because we had five or six dogs in here and four or five people too in the round pen, so it made it a lot harder. 
I think for him to try to focus, but I don't mind doing that as long as I I can uh, make improvements, which I did the whole time. You did, yeah. Yeah. Then I actually took him out to go to the bathroom outside. Yeah. And then I worked with him in the lane a little bit. And then he got really softened up and he got a whole lot better. And heck, now I think I could probably walk him anywhere in a heel with a leash on him and get him to be good. I don't know that because we haven't went to town yet and seen this dog dragging somebody down the street. But I think that's uh, the hardest part for people that own a dog that is leash aggressive is they don't understand that majority of the time if you just go from a halter to a slip leash or from a halter to a prong collar or a pinch collar uh, that's not going to fix it or even a, a gentle lead a lot of times isn't going to fix it uh, the side pull is going to fix it right because you still haven't addressed the problem with a consequences for a bad behavior right you've only and I say all the time you've only put a band-aid on it to uh, just try to make a heel, but you forget to put salve on it. Yeah. You just put a Band-Aid on a dirty wound. Yeah. And <clears throat> well, and I, I, I don't know. I feel like the dogs, when the owners have their leash as a restraint, not as a, a tether, you know, a, a safety mechanism. It's like when you're riding in the car and uh, your seatbelt locks. Yes. And you're not getting in an accident, but you can't move and you yeah, start to get, get frustrated really and uncomfortable yeah. because you literally can't move. And there's no reason to need to be restrained like that. So you hurry and unbuckle yeah. your seatbelt and try and get out of it. But the dogs try to get out of it by pulling you harder and they never understand getting the leash loose until you teach yes. them. So then they're just under frustration. And I talk about that a lot with horses from my experience with horses. As when you start riding, if you put a spur into a young horse's side, he goes to the spur, not away. Right. And right. people don't understand that either, but you have to teach them to go away from right. it so it won't right. quit. And dogs with leashes the same way. And uh, some people think that they get the slip leash like I do. I put a slip, slip leash on a lot of uh, least aggressive ornery dogs mm-hmm. when they come here. And I put the slip leash on them just so I can use it without inflicting any kind of pain, punishment, whatever you want to call it, correction. I use it a lot just to show them to, to get slack in the leash and it quits. Yeah. And then I go to the pinch collar, prong collar, e-collar. Uh, I can go with the e-collar and a slip leash and do the same thing for me. Yeah, or I can yeah. go with an e-collar and a flat collar and do the same thing for me. But it's because it, it has nothing to do with uh, mainly the e-collar or the slip leash, it's because you feed the dog so much more information than just a leash yeah, correction. the timing on it. Yeah, and your body movement yes. and and telling the dog when they're in the right position and telling them when they're wrong. Yes. And there's a lot of different ways to do it, you know. I mean, uh, but that's the way that works best for me is to try to figure out how to tell my dog he's good and how to tell my dog he's bad without so much uh, <coughs> uh, forceful correction, I guess you could call Right, yeah. Uh, and it depends on the dog, too. I mean, some dogs give by the time we go from the front of the barn to the back of the barn. Right, yeah. Other dogs are two or three days later, and they're still trying to yeah. struggle with it. And I think uh, a lot of times it's the age of the dog. For and, sure, how long they've yeah. been pulling people yeah, how around. Long, how yeah. long they've been dragging people yeah. down a mountain and up a mountain. It makes a lot of difference to them, so... Brett, did we get any questions? 
we don't. Not, not uh, right now. Is there anybody on here? There's about three people online. Cool. So uh, I think when it comes to the leash walking, I've always said your dog don't have to heal. You know, he can walk in front of you if you allow it, as long as he's on a loose leash. And for me, as long as I say heal, touch my leash, my dog comes back to my leg, then we're okay. Yeah. But if I can't do that, then I don't think I should be letting my dog walk out in front of me. Yeah. Because he's only going to pull on a leash or he's going to drag on a leash. And yeah. It's kind of the same thing with a recall, you know. If I can't get a recall in my round pen, I'm not going to the beach. No. Yeah. And just because I have a recall with a dog in a round pen or you have a recall with a round, dog in a round pen don't mean the owner does. Right. Until they've kind of... <clears throat> uh, Earn that leadership role or whatever right. you want to call it. Right. You know? Hold the dog accountable themselves. Yeah. yeah. And in the right way, you know. Yeah. Some people try to, I feel, do it in uh, the wrong situation. And we get people quite often that says, oh, my dog walks really good on a leash as long as I don't go outside. <laughs> or as long as I am outside and not in the house, you know. Uh, for me, if you can't walk your dog in the house on a leash, you're probably not going to do it outside. Right. Uh, and if you can't go in and out the front door right. with your dog on a leash in the right way, I don't think it's going to be good to open the door on your car with your dog in the car without really having a leash on your dog or having him blocked because mm -hmm. you might not catch him if he gets out of the car. Right. Uh, or out of the house. We just had one the other day. They talked about getting out of the house and they can't catch him if he gets away from them and it's just really hard for people to, for me to understand a lot of that's the basics. Your dog comes when you ask them, they sit when you ask them, and they don't pull on your right. leash. Right. I mean, uh, we were talking the other day about a dog in the house that was barking and whining and crying and getting on furniture and out running out the front door and all kinds of stuff. And uh, to me, you don't have the basic obedience in my mindset. You know right. what I mean? You've got to have that dog to come to you. Even front doors open without a leash on, he can't run through the door. Right. But if you can't control that with the leash on without him pulling through the front door, then you dang sure shouldn't take the leash off and open no the door. Yeah. And yeah. we use long lines a lot. You know, we we don't use our old ones, but heck, I've got one in here that I used back when I went to Pomona, California to do dog stuff, and that's probably been 10, 12 years ago or so. But... We quit using it because we use the other ones now, but they're a lot easier on your hands than that little rope burning you. But I think that it goes back to always for me, when dogs come here, one of the first things we try to get is them to be respectful on a leash and not drag us or sure. help down. Yeah. Because our help can't, you know, our help's not dog trainers. So the girls in the kennels. So we can't let them or expect them to get a 100-pound dog out of the kennel that's going to drag them down on a leash. Uh, <clears throat> we do it a lot, me and you normally now, to get them to where they can take them in and out. And a lot of them right. will pull still a little bit, but... Uh, but not that, hurt them. Yeah, they're not dragging the help down. In the kennel, here so. we're set up good enough that we tell the girls if they have to just let the dog go. Yeah, and yeah. We'll catch him. He's still in the kennel or in yeah. a fenced area, so they don't have to take a chance of getting drugged down, but... Uh, it's hard for people to wrap their mind around the fact sometimes how good their dogs can be, you know, because they get their head set that my dog's going to pull me for 
Yeah, there's so many people years. who see, who have a dog that pulls really bad on a leash or is leash reactive or leash aggressive and they have to walk them at four in the morning and 10 o'clock at night and they see someone who has put in a lot of work or, or done a board and train and, and continued the work and has a dog walking nicely on the leash and their mindset is typically, oh, my dog could never do that. Right. And the only reason their dogs can't ever do it is because they don't uh, get with the right trainer. Yeah. Or they don't listen to the trainer when they do have the right trainer. Or, that yeah, they can't get uh, out of their head that their dog can do right. it for them. If your dog can do it, I was talking to a client that came on Saturday of how good his dog was in the round pen. And what's kind of funny about that is it's gotten cold. And so all my dogs that I've been training do really good in there and had a little bit harder time in the round pen because I've been training inside. And so that was my new place, the yes. round pen. I would train in there for five days, six, seven days, and then have the owners come and then meet them in there. And I'm like, hmm, my dog's not doing as good out here yes. as it did in there. And it's because I had not done it out there. And that's what... So there's nothing about the round pen. There's nothing about our property where you come here and, you know, they they just are good at Marvin's. Every time you take a dog out, like you're saying now, to a new spot, a different spot, it's going to be different for the dog until the dog just accepts you. Right. Like we can take all of our dogs anywhere and they're cool. Mm -hmm. Well, cool as they are. Not Mm -hmm. perfect, but cool as they are. Uh, That's what more people... They would come to me if they got out of the car. Yeah. They would lay down at my feet if I asked them to, Anywhere. and they wouldn't drag me on the yes. lawn. Anywhere, yeah. and I think, but the whole thing is for people is they talk about how perfect your dog is in the house, but nowhere else. And it's only because they don't continue that from the house somewhere else, because a lot of times the biggest problem is through that front door to go somewhere. Right. Their dogs don't behave. They'll sit in the house for, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, my dog will sit and stay. And then they're like for, you know, two or three seconds. Right. Instead of for two or three hours or whatever the case may be, you know. That's the hardest thing about training the dogs is for people who work. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I feel some people work eight hours a day and they drive 20 or 30 minutes to work and 20 or 30 minutes home. So what do you got? 10 hour day. Mm-hmm. So that only leaves what? 24 or 14 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you need eight hours of sleep, I guess, or whatever, you know? So I think that we have time to train on a dog sometimes, but sometimes you have to cook dinner, you know, you got to cook breakfast, got to prepare lunches, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think people don't understand how, a small amount of time consistently throughout the week can make that difference. Right. You don't have to spend an hour or two hours training on your dog every day. You can spend five or ten minutes in the morning or five or ten minutes in the evening and be amazed at how much better your dog is. If you're winning and you don't, if you're training your dog in the house to be good on a leash, you know, and you're really making headway, then you can't let them drag you through the front door or the back door and then think, well, I really made progress today because you right. didn't really. You're better off to just fight at the door and win at the door. Right. You know, the same thing as people who have a, back, a backyard for their dog. They get in this habit of uh, maybe not walking their dogs in public because they're not very nice. The dogs are kind of ornery. 
So they just open the back door and let them run. And then right. they go out in the back right. door and chase them for yeah. 30 minutes to catch them. Or they uh, bribe them with a treat, you know, to come back in the right. house so they can shut the door. You're not winning. So when it comes to that kind of things, you know, even putting a long line on it, you know, and setting a long line in your sliding glass door in the back, going out in the backyard, that's not winning either, you know. You've got to figure out how to get that dog responsive on the leash, I feel. And then you could go to the e-collar, you know, and get them responsive with the leash with the e-collar. Uh, like I said, some dogs here, I put the e-collar on them and the pinch collar on them or the slip leash on them all at the same time mm-hmm. and go with it. Some dogs I don't. I mean, it kind of depends on the dog. And sometimes just what I've got laying right there whenever I decide to get the dog out of the kennel. You know, sometimes I just put my slip leash on them, go ahead and go train on them. And I'll train on them while I'm walking around in the barn looking for my pinch collar right, and looking too. for yeah. my e-collar yeah. and yeah. stuff like that and, and not get aggravated at them, you know. But it's helping them be better. It's helping them get them prepared for the next five or ten minutes in their training. Uh, but I think as you've learned, your attitude makes a huge difference. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at how good you are now with dogs compared to a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, now if things aren't going right, you're looking for a way to make them go right, not uh, be so aggravated because they're not going so right. And I think that makes a lot of difference with a lot of people. And, and a lot of people, I tell them, they're just not, maybe that's not their thing to train their own dog. Maybe their thing is to have Borden train with us and us train their dog and then us teach them how to work with their dog. Right. You know, right. and I think that's the hardest thing. Sometimes people come here and they're like, oh, I want to do it myself. And it's like, huh? You spent two or three years getting him this bad or whatever you want to call it, you know, and now you work eight or 10 or 12 hours a day and you come home and you're not in the best moods to train on your dog and so it just kind of sometimes snowballs from there the wrong way rather than having somebody else do it. Me, I would never send my dog to a trainer and have him to train him for two or three weeks or a month and send him home without teaching me what they taught the dog and how to, how to get that to work, you know. And now we have more videos. Uh, we need to make some more, but on dogs that go home, what they learn from us and uh, how the people can continue that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not a video on how to train your dog, it's how to keep up with what we've taught your dog. So, Brett, you got anything? Yeah, Debbie Sheen said, is there any way to lessen my GSD's strong prey instincts? Is it what now? Is there any way to lessen my GSD's strong prey instincts? Boy, you know, it depends if you've uh, trained it that way. I mean, we've had a dog that was trained with ball and uh, tug ropes and different things over the years, and they always get one of those anytime they're trying to be good or bad, you know. And so I think we'd need a little bit more information on exactly what you mean, how old is a dog and stuff like that. But It's, um, I think it's Annie. Debbie Sheen. Oh, so it is Annie? Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's Annie. Debbie Sheen, uh, uh, she's got a picture of a profile picture of like a flower. So a what? A profile picture of a flower. Maybe it, maybe that's not right. But it always ever who it is. It goes I think back. it's Annie. Huh? I think that's Annie. It goes back to the owner being able to control their dogs in any situation. 
a lot of times that's what happens when the dogs come here is uh, the people's dog sees a cat or a squirrel or a bird or a deer or a cow or a goat, uh, then a dog can't hear no more. And for me, that's a lack of, uh, I won't always say it's lack of training because a lot of times dogs are trained to know better than that. The handler, the owner is not trained enough to uh, hold the dog to that high of a standard. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just me whenever a dog's at a dead run after a chicken, you should be able to stop that dog. And you can't all your dogs now, right? Oh, yeah. So it doesn't matter what they're chasing. Uh, and I think that's the thing that people don't do is either their dog isn't trained, which if Annie that we know, she's trained enough to do it. It might take a couple of days to get her uh, back in line as far as listening to everything. But uh, if not, then it depends upon what we're talking about. And is, is, is the dog trained? Or has the dog only been trained to have a high drive? We had a dog here recently that was only trained to... Yeah, this dog hasn't. Just lose it, you know, uh, over a toy. Yeah, it's a lot harder if you've really, really topped drive. Debbie said, five years old, previous owners enhanced the prey instinct. Yeah, it's really hard for to get it out of them if you're not really familiar with how to get them out of it. And we've done it before, you know. Uh, and I mean, it's, sometimes it depends on how well the dog's trained, you know. Some of these dogs are like police dogs and stuff are really trained and drug dogs and stuff and protection dogs are really trained to have a high drive to do something so they can get this toy or ball or tug rope or I mean I seen one recently where the guy really plays tug hard with the dog once it found something so <clears throat> uh, if and you have one of those dogs that you uh, inherited or adopted or something that was trained to be that it's really hard for that person to get it out of now uh for me, I've taught a dog here, I don't know how many years ago, actually the person told me I could never get their dog to give me a ball or a tug that it had. And I'd worked with the dog a little bit, never had it here for boarding training. I just worked with it in some lessons and stuff. And it took me like three or four minutes to get it to drop the rope, and walk, the tug rope and walk off and leave it. And they were pretty traumatized, the owners was, because they just said it wasn't possible and the dog did it. But the only reason the dog did it is was because of what little training I'd done with the dog. It was black and white, mm -hmm. and I never trained on the dog to take the tug and fight and pull and you know uh, with it. So it was it was really easy for me to do it, and it was really easy for the dog to do it too. Mm -hmm. And it didn't change the dog's mindset and what he did, you know. So I think that that's the hardest thing. And if you're here local, I mean, you could always get a hold of us and set up a consultation with us, come in and we can meet you and the dog and try to see if we can figure out uh, a way to help you. Bianca, you wait? Yeah. Uh, I've got a couple of things for you if you want to talk about you. this is It's Sunday today, so we'll get this out this week. And then you have a couple of things coming up this week. You want to talk about you have a group walk, you have an obedience clinic. Do you want to talk about any of those things? Yeah. We have an obedience clinic Wednesday. Let me see. Is it full yet? Let me look. I think that the question that was asked is a two-part answer. What question? It's if you can lessen prey drive in a dog. 
if your dog has trained with us or if we if it hasn't, you know? That's a question you're asking them. Well, yeah, because if if it's trained with us, then it's a matter of an owner practicing. Well, that and if we've really worked with it, I don't know. I mean, any dog that we have here that has those issues, we've always addressed them if we knew them. We knew it, correct? I was talking to Bianca, but she's on something. We have a group walk October 31st at 9 a.m. Now, that is Sherwood? No. Because that's the one at Snyder Park. I don't know where that's at. Huh? Which one? The group walk? That one's at uh, Rogers Landing? It's supposed to be, I thought, but I thought I'd see it pop up and said it was at Snyder Park. Where was that? I don't know. Instagram and Facebook says. Huh. Yeah, because mine shows Snyder Park. Someone else asked that too, but I don't I don't see that. Well, let's continue on and we need to figure out why it's showing two places. I agree. Okay. Um Hey, I'm trying to keep on track. Pretty good, huh? Uh, then we have an obedience clinic that is almost almost full. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, what else did you ask, Brett? Uh, just what was going on, what's coming up this week, what we have going on. Any updates specifically with your business? Uh, Dogs up for adoption. Oh, we have several dogs. We have a dog here that uh, that we don't ever adopt dogs here, but we have a friend's dog here, someone who passed away. And uh, their dog, this dog's going to go to the new bird shelter from my understanding, right? Yeah, uh, they're boarding the dog here right now. Yeah, and then, They just have it here yeah. so we can try to find it a home. And yeah. and I wanted to bring the dog here because I knew the owner. And, and we're stuff, training so, on that. Yeah. yeah, so we're just working with it because it's a friend Super of nice King Corso Lab female. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's and cool. She was uh, a single guy, older gentleman owned her, and he lived in, a, I'm assuming, an apartment. And she's just a nice dog. And so if somebody needs her, she's black, I think got a little bit of white on her, and then... Uh, We've got a white dog here from the shelter. What's her name? Huh? Is it Amelia? Yeah, Amelia. She's here from the shelter for adoption right now. And is that the only dogs we have here? That's what I thought. Seems like we had another one, but... I thought there was only two. Yeah. Well, oh, we had Yoshi from the Newburgh Animal Shelter, but he's back down there now. Who's Yoshi? The oh, the one black dog. One not yeah. left. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, anything else, Brett? So, uh, uh, I think that one of the things that's really fun for people, if they can learn how to do it, if they can do it, is if you have your dog control, controlled, where you can always recall it, is to find places to take them so you can take them off leash and I'm playing. And find people that have dogs that are good. 
that you can meet together and let your dogs play and try to keep some of the dogs out of the dog parks, you know, because there are so many dogs yeah. getting in trouble at dog parks. And, and I know there are dogs who don't, you know. For I mean, sure. We've yeah. seen them at Sherwood a lot at the dog park. And all the times I've been by there at Snyder Park, I've never seen dogs in fights. You know? No. But I don't go down there and watch them. But we play. also do see fights at dog parks pretty often. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, Brett, you got anything we should add now? Yeah, where it might be a good place for people to take their dogs. You know, the only place I know legally you can take them is the coast, I guess, the beach or... Shampoo, he has an off-leash place, yeah. Yeah, you just have to be careful with all those places because some people really get butt hurt if you don't let your dog say hi to their dog, you know. And and we ran into that at the beach and, I don't know, down the river a time or two. And the people at the river, though, that we ran into, they never got an attitude with us over that. No. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're all They kind of understood. Yeah. You know, the guy at the coast, he just, I don't know, he needed to go get help, mental help or something, I think. But uh, it's fun to see the dogs that, the amount of dogs now that we've trained that people are going with other people or coming here to set your dogs free. Or yeah, set your dog free has more. been really fun. People talk yeah. to them today about being able to take their dogs camping with them now. And mm-hmm. If your dog goes through a board training program here, I mean, they, they sure should be able to go camping. For sure. It's yeah. just a matter of what can you do, you know, when you go camping. You can't let your dog lay out there by your feet, you know, even on a leash if you have other dogs in the, uh, the campgrounds that are turds and they're going to come and attack your dog. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. to me, you know, it's real, uh, it's really just about protecting your dog, so... Anytime you get in those situations, I mean, you should always have your dog crate trained, which mm-hmm. if they've been here, they should be crate trained. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you go camping with your dog, you should always have a crate. And if you have people that show up in the campground and they've got dogs that just aren't good or they won't keep them away from your dog, just put your dog in a crate, you know, mm-hmm. and then deal with the other dogs or the people or whatever you choose to do, you know. But you should always have your dog uh, in, a, in a set up in a situation where you can control it and keep mm-hmm. it safe and don't feel bad about putting your dog in a crate. I mean, your dog would rather be in a crate with you than home in a crate or home loose, you know. Uh, <clears throat> they always like to be with you. And that's how I told Bianca, I almost felt bad I didn't take Bear on my trip with me because he could have had a lot of fun, but uh, he would have had to lay around in the trailer a lot in the motorhome, but I didn't drive I didn't drive home, so I flew. So it would have been, it would have been a lot of work getting back home. And I... Uh, he had fun here. He just pouted a little bit. So, Bianca, you got anything you want to add? I don't think so. I'll follow up Brett? on it. Brett? Mickey said, we're taking Blue to the beach for the first time since Barbecue's dog teacher and when he bit. Well, Tom, we said bye. Or hi. <laughs> <laughs> now he'll come back. He's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm a super we just excited. always leash our dogs if we see other dogs yeah. coming and we stand in between our dog and the other dogs and go the other direction if we need to and yeah. then turn them back loose when the people That's the hardest by. thing. <sighs> hardest thing for people to understand is every dog doesn't want to say hi to every dog. Right. You know, and same as people. I don't know. want dogs I don't know saying hi to my dogs. Yeah, I don't want a lot of dogs I know saying yeah, hi to true. my dogs. So... <laughs> Uh, and people the same way. I don't go run down the beach and say hi to everybody walking down the beach. Yeah. You know, and get up in their face and try to hug on them and stuff like the people's dogs do. So I think it's a matter of always when your dog's at the beach. For me, if my dog's loose running, running loose, like Doc said, if I see any dog, I'm going to call my dog to me and put him on a leash until that dog's gone. Whether that dog's on leash or off leash, I still call my dog and put him on a leash. Yeah. Uh, 
So, Bianchi don't have that. No. It's very unusual. Brett? I could add something if you want. I got questions. Well, from people or you? Well, just things you could do through the winter. You're talking about treadmills. Yeah, exercise your dogs, you know, in the wintertime. And I don't think that's something people should slack off of with their dog as much as they do themselves, you know? It's hard for me when people do slack off on exercising their dogs in the winter because I feel like the dogs have more energy. Yeah, because they're just When it's cooler cool out, you know, when chilling, it's hot you know? out, they don't want to run as much as yeah. right now when it's cold out, those dogs are romping when we take them out. And we see day. that all the time, you know, when we take them out in the summer with 90 mm-hmm. degrees, they're 10 done. minutes, they're yeah. ready to go like back to bed. Let's go lay down. Yeah, I'm the same way. I've been hiking all over the place now that it's cool. Yeah, it's a lot nicer weather to be outside roaming <laughs> yeah. around. and So I think that, that is a big... Uh, Treadmill uh, is great. You can yeah. recall them in the house and, you know, take them on a short walk. But you got to do something to get them exercise and not just turn them out in the backyard for a quick... Or take them for a two-block walk. And, and, you know, some people yeah. walk their dog. I walk my dog two blocks. I walk yeah. my dog 10 minutes yeah. this morning and 10 minutes at night. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. crap. That's not very much, you know. And Depending on the dog, too. Some dogs need a lot more yeah. than that. Yes, and some older dogs, you know, you get 10, 12, 14-year-old dogs, they may not need their yeah, much. Yeah, they might as, just as go as up a couple dog. blocks and be yeah. ready to go home. But a lot of times, these young pups, you know, they don't need a whole lot. They just need it numerous amounts. Yeah, of times. multiple times. A yeah, day. you could need to think about doing a little bit more. And a lot of these pups, you know, before you go to bed, take them out and exercise them, or put them on the treadmill for a while or whatever. And in the middle of the night, they wake up bawling, whining, or barking. You should do the same. Take them potty and exercise them. But most people don't want to get up at two o'clock in the morning and go walking their dog for twenty minutes. So. Right. If you have a spot where they go potty, just take them out to go potty. And if you have a treadmill, put them on a treadmill. Or if they're well enough mannered in the house, you can just play a little bit of ball with them For in the sure. house, or a little yeah. bit of fetch or something, yeah. get them some exercise. And it don't take a lot of time. Our it's, rule it's of thumb is that if you can't get them to just quit playing ball, you shouldn't really be playing ball yes. in the house. And they shouldn't just be running in the house because they yeah. want to run around and follow you to the bathroom. And Yeah, they get the, the ball, and, they come back. They get yeah. the ball, they come back. It doesn't become a... And you know, in the China shop situation, we were talking to some people out here the other day in the round pen about dogs keeping them out of the kitchen. And I was telling the guy that you know, I've had people to do it just put down that blue tape, that uh, painter's tape, painter's tape across there and just teach them not to cross the line. And you were telling someone it's not about running your dog out of the kitchen every time they come in, it's to not let them in the kitchen, you know, right? Yeah, because so many people can teach their dogs something like. Out of the kitchen yeah. means get out of the kitchen, but it doesn't teach the dog. What you're teaching the dog is you can enter the kitchen, but if I ask you to leave, you have to leave. And most people, what they don't know they can get is to teach the dog not to enter the kitchen in the first place and make that a boundary that they're not supposed to cross. And the people who have the open floor space, you know, where they don't really have doors, you can still do that, you know. You can. I've done a lesson with somebody years ago, and... I just showed them. I just took two leashes and laid them on the floor and taught their dog not to go across it into the kitchen. You yeah, know? I've done that too. So any kind of barrier just to teach that dog that they can't cross into that area. And it don't take them very long to figure it out, you know, but it takes them a long time to figure it out if you keep letting them in the kitchen and keep running them out. All you're, all you're teaching them is leave on command. You're not teaching them to stay out. Oh, Brett, you anything else? No. 
All right. Well, we're going to bail off here, Bianca, if you don't have nothing. No, I'm good. All right. We're going to jump off here and go do something. I don't know. So you all have a great day and thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to the Marvin Pierce Dog Teacher Podcast. If you found this information helpful, we suggest following even more of our dog training tips and resources on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Marvin Pierce Dog Teacher.